you're listening to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart in Tasmania right across Australia and each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about the past, current and future events, learn how to study the Bible more effectively get to know who God is why we are here and where we are going and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Tabitha Zachariah and today we have Daniel Mateo in the studio. How are you Daniel? Daniel will be um presenting his 15th episode apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, drawing under this series drawing from the well. Welcome Daniel. Yeah, thanks Tabitha. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you too and nice to have you in the studio. Um, how are you today? Yeah, no, doing well. Yeah, just uh, uh, enjoying life. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit chilly this morning. <laughs> oh, we're freezing here in Hobart. Um, so much snow on Mount Wellington this morning. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we've, got a, we've got a nice uh, heating system in our home, so I got up and it felt like it was a nice day and went outside and ready to walk the dog. Nope, <laughs> it was freezing cold. So we've, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty amazing how cool it gets so quickly. It was a nice day yesterday too, and the temperatures just dropped. Yeah, and it's not winter yet. We are we are in May. <laughs> winter starts in June, but the temperatures are so low. You feel like it's winter already. We actually have the heater. <laughs> yeah, we in do. In the studio, yeah, on, we've got it on. It's yeah. closer to Daniel. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm dressed well, so I feel warm. And it's good anyway. I think one thing I learned about winter is just to dress appropriate. Anyway, about Tasmanian weather, just dress appropriate, appropriately for the weather. Sometimes it's hard because it changes, you know. Sometimes you wake up, it's sunny, and then all of a sudden it starts to rain, and you're like, okay, <laughs> I was not prepared for this. But um, I was told always have a jacket in your car <laughs> if you live in Tasmania. Well, we, we moved down here in 2018, and uh, we moved from Cairns. So Cairns are probably about the lowest the temperature gets is maybe about maybe 13, 14 degrees, you know, mm. you know, right in the middle of winter. And uh, um, so we had, I didn't have any warm clothes. I didn't own any. And uh, somebody said to me one day, I said, I'm so freezing all the time. And they said to me, you know, all you have to do is layer, just layer, just wear multiple layers of clothes and then you feel warm. I looked at into my, into my cupboard and I had short sleeve shirts, sort of mm-hmm. short sleeve shirt, T-shirt, singlet. I thought I, I was wear all of those layers. I still feel cold, you know, because you <laughs> got to have long sleeves, and yeah, so it's funny. Our, our, our wardrobe's adjusted a little now, so yeah, mm, that's good. I was told to invest in thermals, and that is the best thing that I ever did. Well, my my, um, my predecessor, uh, as a as a welcome present when I first got here, gave me a puffer jacket, nice. and I was like. Yeah, good, good. What's the point of this thing? That's a strange present to give somebody. Mm. And then it took me about six months to realize, you know what, that's a really awesome present. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the best <laughs> you can get when you first, especially if you're new to Tazi. Mm. Oh, well. Um, and, you know, we had a very interesting weekend. We had a guest um, come down to Tasmania, and um, she is a dietitian. She, her major is, um, her name is Sue, Dr. Sue Red. And um, she studied, um, and she's a lecturer, actually. I haven't got much information here about her, but I know um, she's put a lot of research into diet. And um, she talked to us. Uh, she ran a couple of programs over the weekend and um, also um, uh, presented a sermon on um, diet. Um, and it was just interesting to note that um, we don't realize how unhealthy, how much we 
of an, a healthy food we eat. Um, sometimes it's um you don't realize because the contents are not so they're not out there. Like when you buy a packet of food, it has the nutrients. Um, it has the information, diet information, but then you don't just. It's rare. Well, not everyone actually reads through. And you don't realize that, you know, if you are eating processed food, there's a lot that could be in that food that you don't you don't really know and tells you. And it is good to try to stay away from that. Or, you know, Daniel, how did you find um, Dr. Sue Salmon on diet? Yeah, yeah, no, it was really great. She, 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 she did a Friday night program in town as well, and that was really helpful. Um, yeah, as we talked about last week, because our, our discussion last week was on the Bible as medicine, and we mm. talked about all of the stuff that the Bible says, and she was really just underlining a lot of those same principles that we talked about, and I think, mm. yeah, and I, I found it very helpful indeed, just uh, more from a scientific perspective, which was which was really good to know. I learned some stuff about gut health and about mm. something called a microbiome. That was yeah. that was really helpful, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was. I remember say, I was sitting next to a friend of mine in church, and I said to her, "This week, I we've just been talking about that because you talked about um, the Bible's medicine, like just providing us with information on what foods to eat." And then um, David Maxwell presented a topic on a better life, and he was talking about eating plant food. And then we had um, Sue talking about. Um, proper nutrition and I thought wow almost like God lined it up hey because I know on the other two days last week that um, the the presenters did health topics as well when yeah when uh, with Jason so Mm. yeah very interesting yeah Yeah. so and it means it just shows that it's important actually it's something that we need to take seriously just thinking about what we are eating and um, you know living a healthy lifestyle absolutely yeah and if you missed last week's um program with Daniel. Daniel talked about um, the Bible's medicine. You can catch up through the Faith FM app or the Faith FM website and our show number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um you can text us any questions through to that number, any feedback, any comments and um respond to our on air question. We have a listener question which we'll ask a bit later, uh, but please respond to that number. So what do you have for us today, Daniel? Well, today we've been talking about drawing from the well, talking about all the different thing, roles that Scripture can play in our life. And today we're talking about the Bible as financial planner. Now, that's a little bit of a curly one. A lot of people don't think about the Bible as, of any, any, as having anything to say to our, our personal finances, but it really does, um, and not in the way that a lot of people think. So um, I'm looking forward to, to talking about what we're talking about today. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you want to pray Me for too. us? Sure. Mm. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you that you are able to do this program. And even as Daniel is going to present your word, I pray that you may speak through him. And even for us listeners, um, may your spirit move us so that we may be able to interpret um, his his message in the best way. And um, just guide us through this program. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well... Really excited. The Bible is financial planner. And uh, all of us, you know, the, the subject of money touches everybody, or every single one of us. And most of the time when people think about Christians or the Bible talking about money, what they think about is 
giving more of it to church. You know, obviously when you sometimes you're flipping through the channels on TV and you might come across a preacher there and it seems like they're always begging for money. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, we, we, that's often the, the way that people see the connection between faith and finances. But I, I believe that the scripture has something very, very meaningful to say to this really important area of our lives. In fact, Jesus preached more about this subject than he did in just about anything else. And, um, a lot of people don't realize that, you mm. know, that uh, that he when he all of the, a lot of the parables that he used, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of the the teachings that he had actually focused on on um, on finances, which um, would, I guess sometimes we feel that um, we oughtn't talk about these things because it's a personal matter and and it's people's it's people's business, and I think that's true, and and I'd just like to. Uh, just just prefigure everything I'm going to say today by saying that all of the advice for personal finances in the scripture, other than things that are moral, like don't steal other people's money, mm-hmm. um, aren't a um, it's not a it's not a sin issue. It's it's a matter of wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of um, the Bible is going to give us advice for ma- for making wise decisions, mm-hmm. and uh, and whether or not we do that is is our is our choice. And but if if we'll tend to follow the Bible's advice, we will tend to have better outcomes in our finances. Now that it can't control whether or not something some horrible financial disaster happens in your life or or whatever you know you can't, can't doesn't control those sorts of outcomes it's it's very similar to health in a lot of ways mm-hmm. is that if we'll tend to follow the health advice uh, in the bible that we will tend to have better health outcomes but that doesn't mean that we won't get hit by a car mm-hmm. or something like that so it, it's um it's a, it's about general advice and wisdom it's not about salvation and it's not about a sin necessarily other than things like stealing and, and coveting and stuff like that. So as, as we get into this topic, it's just something to understand. And for me, um, it's only something that I've started to study or understand in the last couple of years because I am someone that I've, al- I've always hated mathematics and anything to do with numbers. Mm. Words... Um, ideas, I love that stuff. I'm with you on that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, m- numbers, mass, it's just, it doesn't even fit in my head. And it actually is a little bit of a stumbling block to me um, as I study the Bible because somebody's put, um, divided the Bible up into chapters and verses, which are all numbers. So it's easy for me to memorize a passage, but it's hard for me to remember the ma- the the, uh, the reference because it's it's got chapter, verse, numbers, mm, and numbers. This number is a number then. <laughs> yeah, the numbers don't stick in my head easily. But, um, but I found myself a few years ago, um, and I... I found myself because I wasn't being active in in thinking about this subject. I found myself one and my well leading my family wandering into a fair bit of um, of debt and a bit of a bad financial situation, and that's when when I kind of realized that like this doesn't make any sense. Like my wife's working full time, I'm working full time. How is it that we keep going backwards? You know mm-hmm. and the Lord started to speak to me about the fact that I'm not being responsible with what He's entrusted with to me. Um, and and I began to read um, a couple of different Christian authors, listen to some um, some Christian uh, um, um, speakers on this subject, and also studying the Bible. And so, what I found, I want to share with you today. And just just to make it clear, I'm not a financial expert. I'm a I'm a pastor. I'm a theologian. But this advice from Scripture has helped me. So I hope it helps you too. Mm. Mm. Indeed. Um, so, a question for our listeners: What is the wisest thing someone ever taught you about money? Let us know on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Our first song is "Don't Waste Your Life" by Jenny Owens. I've been trying to make 
make a living But I haven't got a life Chasing dreams with tunnel vision I'm running out of time Somewhere I lost what I've been missing I look but never find I never find Long enough to pray for wisdom And I waited for an answer Opened up my heart to listen What is it I'm here for? And in the noise of all my questions I finally heard a whisper A still small whisper Wishing, hoping, waiting for a better day You know that would be a shame Shine, shine your light Bigger, brighter, for the whole world to see Play a part in history Don't waste your life So I'm making this my mission Story at a time When I forget what I've been given I can always find A lesson in these lines Don't waste your life Wishing, hoping, waiting for a better day It would be a crying shame Shine, shine your light Bigger, brighter For the whole world to see We'll play a part in history So don't waste your life Ooh, yeah. Don't waste your life And every choice that you make And every chance that you take don't waste your life And every prayer that you pray And every I love you that you say Don't waste your life And when you're falling yourself afraid Just repeat this simple phrase Don't waste your life wishing Waiting for a better day Trust me, that would be a shame Shine, shine your light Bigger, brighter For the whole world to see I'll play a part in history That was Don't Waste Your Life by um, Jenny Owens. And you're listening to Tanzan Counties 
with um, Daniel Mateo and Daniel is presenting on this topic of the Bible as financial planner and um, asked our listeners a question what is the wisest thing that someone has ever taught you about money um, I'll quickly share mine so I was told by a friend to um, try and budget to the last coin so when you get paid it's good to put aside you know how much you're paying on bills so you put that aside and then Budget for everything, budget for entertainment. If you're going, if you plan to go out maybe for a movie with a friend or even eat out, have brunch with a friend, budget for that. Have money aside for that. You can say maybe 10% is for entertainment, um, 40% is goes to paying bills, 20% maybe savings. Um, if you do that, at least you can account for um, every cent or every coin that you have and also try to have separate accounts for your goals let's say if you are saving to build a house for instance if you have a separate account and maybe dedicate yourself to putting uh, some amounts specific have the same amounts if you're saying maybe you're putting aside a thousand dollars every time you get paid um be disciplined and do that and also have a separate um savings account just to have savings you know for emergency or just um for rainy days i can say yeah let us know what is the wisest thing someone has told taught you about money text on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and um yeah we'd like to hear from you now daniel you've introduced this um topic of uh, the bible as a financial planner and um we we're just about to read a scripture passage from the book of Matthew 25, verses 14 to 21. Did you want me to read that? Um, no, 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 that's okay. We'll, I'll, just, I'll just tell the story if that's all right, yeah. just for the sake of brevity. But um, the, the idea is in, in the Bible, it's a very different approach to finances, um, or for believers at least, uh, than, uh, than the rest of the world. You see, the, the idea in the world is that we, whatever we have is, is ours. It's like... What I get paid, that's mine. I worked hard for it, that's mine. And I've got to try and accrue as many resources as possible for myself um, in order to make sure that I save myself financially, you know. But in the Bible, we entrust God with our salvation. And that includes in this area. It's not about me trying to get as much as I can for me. The The whole point of life, um, as far as the Scripture is concerned, is that everything belongs to God. And everything that he gives to us is a gift of his, but it belongs to us. He gives us, it to us to look after. And so we become stewards of other people's money. Um, I should say we become a steward of God's money, mm-hmm. and it's our job to look after it for him. And when we think about it that way, it changes a lot of things. And uh, so the, the the idea of that comes from a story in Matthew chapter 25. And, and it's just a sto- Jesus tells a story of a rich man uh, that entrusts his wealth to three of his, his stewards, three of his servants. And it, two of them invest that, that money wisely, and they get a return that they can then re- return to him. Uh, one of them just decides to to dig a dig a hole and bury it in the ground, and uh, and when he when the master gets back, he says, "Yeah, well, here you go. Here's your money, you know." And the master gets angry at him, and he says, "Why didn't you do something smart with it? At least put it in the bank, and I could have got some interest." And uh, you know, so he's actually punished for that. And so it seems to be that uh, that God cares about what we do with the money that we've invested, uh, or that He's invested with us to take care of. And, uh, and there's basically three things that we can do with money. I mean, we can enjoy it, um, we can give it away, mm. and we can invest it for later on. Mm. Now, it's important that we do all three of those things. What happens when we get out of balance as stewards is when we um, get those things out of whack, when we spend all of it on, on 
spending. You know, when we spend all of it on our life, when we spend all of our money on our on ourselves, and uh, increase and and all of it on our lifestyle, and we don't save and invest for later on down the track, when we don't give any to others that are less fortunate, then we're we're out of whack as as far as the scripture is concerned. So the first thing we have to do when it comes to finance is actually has nothing to do with money at all. It's it's to determine what our call is in this world, mm-hmm. and then to work hard to pursue it. And in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven it says, "I know the plans that I have for you," says the Lord. "They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future." And that idea of prospering has to do with, um, well, it's got to do with spiritual prosperity. It's got to do with, um, you know, emotional prosperity. It's got to do with heaven. It's got to do with the plans that he has, but it also has to do with fine. God wants to provide for us. He wants, and I don't think that God owes us, you know, to be rich or wealthy, but he, he does promise to provide for us. And But he does that through his plans. I know the plans I have for you. God has actually got a vocational call that he is calling you, you to and, and me as well. And all of us have got to spend time and pray and ask God, what is it that he wants, us to, wants me to do with my life in order to provide for myself, provide for my family, and to plan for my future? And when God um, commits uh, or, or convicts us of what our plan and what our call is, the, the work that he wants us to do in his service. Then Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever thy hand findest to do, do it with thy might. You do it you do it as well as you can. Work hard. You know, get that university degree so that you can become that professional. You know, go to TAFE, get that course so that you can become that, uh, you know, do that apprenticeship and, and become that tradesman. Whatever it is, work hard, get to the point where you can do the job that God's called you to do and uh, and begin your... your and, I, and as I talk to young people, a lot of them s- sort of are wondering, you know, what do I do with my life? I would recommend pray about it, figure out what God's called you to, and then do that. And then along with that, we commit to a life of being a steward. You know, we commit to a life of self-sacrificial service. Can you read for me, please, Proverbs nineteen seventeen? Sure. Proverbs verse, um, chapter 19, verse 17. I'm reading from the NIV version today. Um, Whoever is kind to the poor, lend to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. Absolutely. And so God actually considers it, well, it's a, well the, at least Solomon's opinion was that God considers it a debt when we help the poor. You know, And we're, we're I believe, as believers, to live lives of generosity. Mm. And giving is a big part of, uh, of a, or ought to be a big part of a believer's financial life. In fact, um, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 to 10, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there might be meat in my house and um, and I'm going to open up the windows of heaven that there might even be room enough to receive it. And so God promises to um, to take care of us if we're faithful in taking care of of, um, of the poor and also of um, of, uh, of of his people, so we have to make sure that we're committing to generosity as a part of our our financial life. That needs to be a principle that's in place in the life of a believer. Well, the next part is when it starts getting interesting because the Bible actually has some interesting things to say about debt. Now, one of my problems when I kind of I guess fell face down on the on the floor financially and started to get a bit stressed was that I had all of these different debts and every fortnight all of these payments are going out of my pay and I haven't sat down to work out what my um uh, what my uh, what my uh, commitments are and what my expenses are, and so it seems like I just get paid. I should have plenty of money, but then straight away all these different bills come out and all these different payments to all these different debts, and then by the time I'm finished, I don't have anything to live on. And so the advice and the wisdom of Scripture is to avoid debt, mm. to avoid, well, let's say consumer debt or we might say unsecured debt. So have a look at um, uh, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7, mm. and also 
chapter 17, verse 18, because there's, uh, there's two little ideas there. Sure. Um, Proverbs 22, verse 7. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Yeah, borrower is slave to the lender. Now, it doesn't say, now, it's not a sin to be a slave, right? So I just want to be clear on that. It's not wrong to go into debt, but it's not wise. Hmm. Because we don't want to be slaves, do we? And, um, and so that's the principle there. And would you like to read the other one, please? Yeah, Proverbs 17, verse 18. One who has no sense shakes hands in pledge and puts up security for a neighbor. Mm. So there's two ideas there. Shaking hands in pledge is going into debt. And the second one is putting up security for a neighbour is guaranteeing someone else's debt. And um, and the, both Proverbs and Ecclesiastes are clear that that's even less wise because not a, when I, at least when I'm borrowing money, I know I can pay it, pay it off. But when I say that, well, you know, my friend or whoever can borrow money and I'll pay it off if they fail, well, then it's not up to me, to, you know, that I'm putting my assets at risk mm. uh, for the sake of someone else's irresponsibility sometimes. And I know a lot of people that have got into trouble because they guaranteed for their children or whatever and um, they didn't meet those commitments. And as a result, um, things didn't work out. So that so let me just be clear. It's not sinful. It's not wrong, but it's not wise. Mm. You know, so that's the difference there. So we, we make a commitment in ourselves if we want to follow this advice, not to go into consumer debt and not to guarantee anyone else's debt. Mm. And the last one for this section is actually in Luke chapter 14, verse 28. Can you read that for us, please? Sure. Luke chapter 14. Verses 28, um, suppose one of you wants to build a tower, won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Mm, that's right. So Luke's, uh, oh, sorry, not Luke, Jesus is in Luke is, is telling a parable and he's, he's saying, look, he's talking about a deeper spiritual thing, but he uses an obvious f- physical thing as an illustration. He says, no one would ever b- build something without sitting down and working out. That's a budget. You know, and so it seems to be that Jesus is saying it's common sense to budget when we're trying to, to do something. And, you know, I would suggest that living our lives is even more important a task than building a tower. And so we ought to be budgeting for that too. The best thing is, and this is for those of us out there that are like me that struggle with mathematics, iPhones and other smartphones have made it easier than ever before. There are great budgeting apps. Uh, like for example, um, every dollar you were talking about budgeting before, and that idea of giving every every um, every coin a uh, a purpose mm. on paper. Um, that uh, the 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 app every dollar uh, budget will will make you do that. You have to give every dollar. <laughs> you know, you have to you have to account <laughs> for every so dollar. Good. But there's lots of other ones as well. You know, it makes it very very easy. Some of them can even be linked up with your bank account and stuff like that. So um, so it, it is really helpful. It's a good idea to have a budget and to make sure that we're ordering our life as uh, as Jesus recommended. Yeah. Mm, indeed. Um, we have a free book offer. It's called Penny Pinching Principles for Money Wise Parents. Um, and this book contains 31 daily tips to better your child's financial future. And it's by Gordon Botting. And I'll give you more information about that um, after the break. Um, just to encourage our listeners to text us. Let us know what is the wisest thing that someone has ever told you about money, about finances, about budgeting. Um, share with us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Our next song is I Surrender All, All I Am by Caleb and Kelsey. To Jesus I surrender all To Him I freely give I will ever love and trust 
by the support of Adventist World Radio. I Surrender All, All I Am uh, by Caleb and Kelsey and you're listening to Taz Encounters uh, with Daniel Mateo and Daniel is talking about the Bible as a financial planner. I played this song because every time we in my, I went to an Adventist primary school and uh, every time tithe was offering was being collected we could sing this song so I've, and uh, because um Daniel you said in the previous section that everything we have belongs to God and um we have um parts to play in giving back to God and uh, what is blessed us with and um just to encourage the listeners to still text us um of any wise thing that someone has ever shared with you about money that changed your life that changed your financial situation um text us on zero four double eight and so daniel in the previous section you've shared a few some few tips on how to um 
you know, to use the Bible, um, some of the information that is contained in the Bible that helps us to plan for our finances, finances. And one of them is um, having an app, like planning, budgeting every um, coin that you have, like have um, an, a budgeting app that will help you to be accountable for everything that you earn and be able to spend it wisely. Um, and you shared some few other points. Um, what else do you have for us in this section? Hmm. Well, the important thing, and, and I think this is a really good conversation to have because so often we, we feel that this is an awkward conversation to have. And also we o- often feel that if we talk about money that we're going to be perceived to be, you know, being money grubbing. Um, and also because it's also a topic that's associated with a lot of shame for people if they're not maybe where they think they ought to be. Mm. And so what that what that amounts to is that people don't feel like they can talk about it and they might be suffering in a situation that might be actually really quite easily resolved if you just talk to somebody that's got a little bit more knowledge mm. or, um, or you know, sort of take some of the advice that the Bible says on this subject. So I think that in our culture we've got a bit of, and, and it's maybe a bit of a response to, you know, people doing the wrong thing in terms of uh, of, of money, but we got a bit of a of a feeling that we it's not something that we ought to talk about but i think it's important to talk about because the bible talks about it you know i want to talk about the subjects the bible talks about and and this idea of financial responsibility is a real theme and taking care of of what's been entrusted to me in the best way possible so we we talked about some other things in the last um uh, in the in the last section, but we'll, we'll get down to Proverbs chapter twenty one verse twenty because there's an interesting little line in there that uh, that we can we can glean a little bit of advice from. Can you read that for me, please? Sure. The wise store up choice food and oil, and olive oil, but fools gulp their theirs down. Okay, so there's a principle there that if people are wise, they're going to have stores um, available. They'll have additional resources there that um, that other than somebody that's just living from paycheck to paycheck, that's just living from pay to pay. And there are people that live that way. As soon as they get paid, they spend it all. And then by the time they get to next pay, they're, they're trying to borrow money off other people, you know, because they don't quite, or doing after pay or whatever, because they can't quite get there. Mm. But somebody that's wise has got, well, the, the verse says um, stores of food and oil. But today we would think about money, you know, mm. you know, I'd, I'm not going to keep big stores of food and oil for the winter in my house, you know, like the way that they did in the ancient world. But I want to have a, a little bit of money in my back pocket just in case something bad happens. We call that a rainy day fund. Mm. And uh, and so what we want to do as we're starting this journey is to save a very small rainy day fund, mm. a little bit of money that'll be there just in case something happens. And, you know, this will really depend on our income. If, if we're on Centrelink, you know, if we're on low income, then it might be a small amount like $500 or something like that. Mm. If we're on a little bit more, you know, if we're, where most people, it might be around 2000 something like that. The idea is um, enough money so that most of the emergencies that pop up in our lives that that sometimes can really knock us off the horse can be easily taken care of. Mm. You know, some, something that might pop up like a car repair or, um, you know, a pet getting ill or injured or needing to see the vet or, you know, some minor, um, some other minor emer- emergency, you know, the, something uh, blowing in our kitchen, some sort of water bursting or the toilet going or something. If we're not, if we're living from pay to pay, if we're spending everything that we that we have as soon as we get it, and we don't have a little bit of extra money sitting around, 
an emergency like that immediately throws us backwards into debt. Mm. We have to go to a credit card. We have to go to a finance company. If we are on a low income, we might end up in some sort of payday lender that you know takes advantage of us, You know, some sort of predatory business like that. And it will mean that we never ever make any progress. But if we're willing to scrape together just a little bit of money that, that is there in case of an emergency, then that's going to help us to move forward. Yeah. Mm. And so the next step after that uh, we can find in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. Can you read that for me, please? Sure. Um, Warnings Against Folly, that's the title. My son, if you, have put, if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you have shaken hands in pledge for a stranger, you have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. So do this, my son, to free yourself, since you have fallen into your neighbor's hands. Go to the point of exhaustion, go to the point of exhaustion and give your neighbor no rest. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the snare of a fowler. Okay, I don't know if you got the message there or not, but the idea is if you're in any kind of unsecured or consumer debt, get out of it. That's mm-hmm. the idea. He says, um, Solomon gives this advice. Now, I'll just be clear, and I said in the last section, I want to say it again. In the Bible, this is advice for wisdom. It's not a matter of sin or anything like that. Like, going into debt isn't sinful, but in the scripture, the idea is that it's not wise. And uh, Solomon's advice here in Proverbs is, if you've done that, if you've, you know, if you've borrowed some money, you've been ensnared so what you need to do is go to the point of exhaustion you know get a second job you know go out there and work as hard as you can do extra shifts and get out of it as quickly as possible allow no sleep to your eyes no slumber to your eyelids you know work late Mm. as is kind of what he's saying Mm. there and uh, and free yourself like a gazelle from the hunter like a bird from the fowl in other words run (laughs) get out of it get out of it as quickly as possible Mm. and that's the quickest way because when we when we go through the process of paying off our debts in the timeline that uh, in the minimum sort of paying the minimum payments and paying off the timeline that the that the institution wants us to pay off will end up with our interest paying up much, off much more a lot more than we originally borrowed mm. and so the quickest way to succeeding is to get ourselves out of that situation as quickly as possible mm. and there's two strategies that are pretty popular for getting out of debt the, um it's called the the debt snowball or the debt avalanche so there's two little strategies there um the debt avalanche has the advantage in that you get to your goals quicker if you're more disciplined. So what happens is that you continue to make minimum payments on all of your debts. And, uh, and while you're doing that, you scrape together and do extra shifts and get all the money that you can and smash it on the debt that has the highest interest rate. And, as soon, and when you get that paid off, that one's gone. You cross that off the list, take the payments that you were paying on that one, and all of the extra cash you can scrape together, and the minimum payments, and and put it on the next the debt with the next um, largest interest rate, and uh, and you go there. And what happens is over time it builds up as an avalanche because all the payments you were paying on these little debts by the time you get to the last one, well, you're paying all of that, and then and so it pays back quicker. Mm. So that has the example the advantages that you'll get there um, quicker. Uh, but what ha- tends to happen is when you're focused on interest rate. Um, that people can get discouraged because the one with the largest interest rate may be a larger debt. It might take you a while to get there. And if you want some little wins so that you can feel like you're maybe you're a less disciplined person and you need some little uh, wins to be able to encourage you to keep going on a journey, do exactly the same thing, but instead line up your debts from smallest to largest. And so that way, after you've paid off the first couple of little ones, you'll feel like, wow, you know, I'm really on this journey. I'm really doing this. So even though you might end up paying just a little more interest 
over the over the long term, and that's called the debt snowball. You you might be encouraged to to keep it up in the long term. So yeah, that's the two um, the two main strategies that that people recommend to get like a like a gazelle out of debt as quickly as possible. Yeah. And so the next um, step we can do, you know, while we're once we've done that, you know, we've got our tiny little um, em, um, emergency fund, and uh, and we've got ourselves out of uh, out of consumer debt or unsecured debt, non mortgage debt. Then we're going to um, we're going to boost our rainy day fund to three to six months expenses. And the reason why we do that is um, is if you've got any kind of income protection insurance, usually it only kicks off in three months like you have to wait three months after you make a claim so if something happens and you can't earn income you know then um you know you might be in trouble for that that three to six month period if you um even if you're insured and so we want to once we've got ourselves out of the debt we want to make sure we've got enough of a rainy day fund to look after ourselves in case something bad happens and that'll free us up in case um i don't know somebody gets sick or whatever and we have to go quit our jobs for a while or, or go and leave and look after them it'll give us the ability to uh to have that um that longer term rainy day fund yeah mm, mm. indeed um some more information on our, about our free book offer it's called penny pinching principles for more money wise parents and uh, it's giving you tips to better your child's financial future and by Gordon Botting um communicating with your kids about your family finances is one of the best ways to ensure that your children will live a financially liberated lifestyle and prevent them from returning home as adults and living in your basement due to their <laughs> deficient understanding of money management. Surely you don't want that to happen to your kids. Our next, we'll give you, I'll give you the code to um, claim this free book offer after the break. But uh, first, let's listen to this song, Our How Deep um, the Father's Love by Chelsea Moon. Dying breath has brought me life 
not boasting anything No gifts, no power, no wisdom But I will boast in Jesus Christ His death and resurrection Why should I gain from His was How Deep the Father's Love by Chelsea Moon and you're listening to Tazi Encounters with Daniel Mateo and Daniel has been sharing on this um, program on uh, the Bible as a financial planner and I promised to give you the code to claim our free book offer which um, is called Penny Pinching Principles for Money Wise Parents and uh, this book will give you tips to better your child's financial future and it's by God on Boating um, the code is um, DRAW15, text DRAW15 to 0488880891. DRAW15, the number 15, don't put any space, send that to 0488880891, and uh, we'll be able to send this book to you. So, Daniel, you've shared a, a lot of important points actually on our planning our finances, including um, paying off debts, just working really, really hard and making sure we've paid off our debts and then start savings. Uh, what else do you have for us before we finish off? Well, can you read for me, please, Tabitha, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24? Would that be okay? Sure. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Uh-huh. Um, it is therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Okay. Now, Jesus is making a spiritual parallel there, but we want to talk about the, the physical illustration he's using. He says that a wise man builds his house on a rock. Mm-hmm. Well, in our last section, we talked about the idea that we have to boost our rainy day fund to between three and six months' expenses. Uh, we did that. We, we talked about doing that for a bunch of reasons, but I'd like to suggest that that is actually the rock that we in our current situation are going to build our house on, mm-hmm. because it's very clear throughout Scripture that um, that you know it's very important to have our own house, to have our own land. These are a um, these are a, a principle throughout Scripture that you know God's people are always trying to. Um, to have their own little piece of the world, and this really is one of the most important financial decisions that um, that that people make in our society, which is having a home. If we have that large rainy day fund, 
you know, then that's going to protect us from some of the problems that can happen when we own a house, you know, the, the big financial um, things that can pop up when we have such a large uh, commitment from, um, uh, from month to month. So the three to six months expenses, that's our rock. And then the next step is to build the house. And what we're going to do, the majority of people that are financial advisors advise that we save a 20% deposit and then we're going to purchase a home to live in. Now, the market goes up and down and people argue that it's difficult to do that at the moment. That's true. Uh, but just the principle is uh, the, the recommended principle is to save a 20% deposit and then and then move ahead with purchasing our home uh, when we can do that. Hmm. And last of all, can you please read for me Proverbs chapter 31, verse 26 and 27? Sure. Proverbs 31, verses 26 to 27. Uh She speaks with wisdom and faithful instructions on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Right. So that tells us something about a wise woman there, but it's actually wise women or men. You know, we can both take good advice from Proverbs 31. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what it says there is that she watches over the affairs of her household and doesn't eat the bread of idleness. Now, in the, in the ancient Near East, the bread of idleness was sort of like, um, it wasn't an insult. It's, it sounds like one in our society, but it has to do with um, bread uh, that's provided for people that don't have an income. Mm. And so she she has planned her life and her house in such a way that when she's old and and she can't um, she can't work anymore and her husband can't work anymore that she doesn't have to depend on anyone else to take care of her. Mm-hmm. In our society, we use superannuation for mm-hmm. that, and um, and it's recommended that we uh, we boost those pre that those pre tax contributions to to fifteen percent uh, to get to the point where we can be comfortable and have dignity in retirement. And last of all, once. All of that's in place. We want to pay off our house. We want to invest. We want to enjoy the fruit of our labor. And most of all, we want to give. And, um, you know, there's all sorts of wonderful, um, wonderful verses in the scripture for that, like Proverbs 24, 27, Ecclesiastes uh, 7, 1 to 2, and 3, 22, and Proverbs 19, 17. But maybe, maybe if you could just read um, Ecclesiastes 3, 22, would that be okay? Sure. So I saw that there is nothing better for a person than to enjoy their work because that is their lot. For who can bring them to see what will happen after them? Yeah, that's right. And so when we live a a life of happiness and a life of enjoyment of the blessings that God's given to us, when we live a life of self-sacrifice and of generosity, when we're giving to others, when we're living a life that's in line with the purpose that um, that God has set for us, then we're going to have true enjoyment. When we're focusing on relationships first, and um, and uh, and ourselves uh, second. So, just in summary today, we, the the points we've gone through is that first of all, we talked about stewardship. We talked about uh, taking care of what God's given to us um, as a responsibility, you know, and uh, and it's really not our money; it's God's, and so we have to do a good job of looking after it. We talked about the fact that we have to pray about the, the the call and the purpose that God has for us in our work, and what it is that He wants us to do with our lives, and then pursue that. We talked about committing to self-sacrificial service as a lifestyle and that that's the only thing that's going to give us true meaning and purpose in our lives. Uh, we talked about the idea that the, the Bible recommends avoiding consumer debt and uh, and recommends against uh, guarantoring other people's debt. Now, that doesn't mean that it's sinful to do that, but, but it's uh, not wise as far as the, the scriptural teachings are concerned. Okay, it, it, I talked about how the Bible has this principle of budgeting uh, for um, uh, for for working out our lives and ordering our lives financially, uh, we talked about the idea of having a little bit of a rainy day fund, a few stores in the back just in case something happens, and then moving forward with getting rid of um, all of our debts so that we are debt free, 
and then boosting that rainy day fund up to three months' expenses. And then we talked about the idea of going through the process of purchasing a home and then um, and then consolidating your super into a good um, account and boosting that pre-tax in, uh, contribution to 15%. Finally, paying off your house, investing diversely, enjoying the fruit of your labour and giving to others is, um, is uh, basically all the things that we, that we, we kind of gleaned from the scripture today. But there's just one last thing I'd like to share, and that is in John 3.16, it says of Jesus, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And fundamentally, when we're giving, when we're giving to others, when we're providing for our families, when we're giving to the poor, when we're giving to charities, when we're supporting our church, we're reflecting his character. Mm. Because God so loved the world that he gave. And it's only in giving that we have let's say, true fulfillment mm-hmm. in our financial lives. It's important to spend in, for enjoyment. It's important to spend for you know, providing for our family. It's important to um, save and invest for the future so that we can retire with dignity. It's also important to give because that gives us the meaning, the purpose that's going to that's gonna give us true financial success. Yeah. Mm, indeed. Thank you so much for that powerful sharing. Um, and I hope our listeners have been blessed just to remind our listeners, the code to claim today's free book offer, it's a really important book to have, especially for parents. Um, it's This book is penny, uh, it's called Penny Pinching Principles for Money-Wise Parents, and it contains tips on um, bettering your child's financial future. The code is DRAW15, text that to 0488-880891, and we'll be able to send the book to you. And next week, um, Daniel will be talking about the Bible as a marriage counselor. So join us next week to hear more of what um, Daniel has to share. And tomorrow, uh, David Maxwell will be talking about a better life forever. Don't miss that. Um, and David, uh, Jason will be hosting uh, David Maxwell's program. Thank you for joining us today and wherever you are, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. We are going out with this song, Jesus Calls Us by Danny Byram. Joys and sorrows